I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ramdas's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ramdas, Krishnadas, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more. The Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Welcome to Lama Suryadas's Awakening Now podcast. We are very pleased to share with you Lama's unique illumination of the awakened awareness teachings. If you are interested in supporting Lama Suryadas's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/suryadas. So we've been practicing, according to the view, meditation, and action of the great perfections, Dzogchen, Dzogchenpo, Dzogchen, Mahati in Sanskrit, the peak, the great consummation, Dzogchen, the natural great perfection, the innate completeness, the luminous great perfection teachings of Tibetan Buddhism, the non-dual mysticism with direct access teachings of the penthouse of the Vajrayana teachings, the nine yanas, the outer, behavioral, inner, attitudinal, and secret or subtlest spiritual or wisdom levels of being. Looking into the meaning of the law, not just the letter of the law, the meaning of the law through this outer, inner, and subtlest way of analyzing things. Milarepa, Tibet's greatest yogi and poet, who went from being a sinner and an evil wizard sorcerer to a saint enlightened one in one lifetime through his great efforts and devotion and his Mahamudra practice in caves above the snow line for many years and decades. Milarepa, a thousand years ago, he said about meditation, in the beginning the mind is like a waterfall, noisy, broken up, unlike rapids. But as we practice, as we tame and train our unruly nature, as we discipline our body, speech, energy, heart and mind, body and soul, as we discipline and tame and train and refine our spirituality through body, speech and mind activities, it becomes more like a river, the mind like a river coursing along. 
with some bumps, some rocks, maybe even some rapids, some waves, but more like a river than a water, stormy, noisy, bubbly, messy, uncontrolled waterfall. And eventually it becomes third like a peaceful stream or lake flowing into the sea, dissolving into the sea. So first like a waterfall, then like a river, then like the stream or lake ending up in the sea, peaceful, united with everything, mingled, and so on. This is a great image of the gradual path of mental discipline, of meditation, of contemplative exercises in the Eastern tradition, Buddhism, Hinduism. It all comes from the yogic masters, the siddhas, the yogic masters, the yogic adepts, the siddhas and mahasiddhas of ancient India before Buddhism and Hinduism forked. 2,600 years ago. However, in the Dzogchen tradition, more swooping now from above, less progress-oriented from the point of view of the view and the meditation that we've been talking about, we like to think of Jigme Lingpa's great saying, many quickies rather than few prolongies. Having, breaking up your meditative holding patterns, that's why we shout pet in the middle of meditation, to break up the ice forming on the free-flowing waters of awareness, to break up our holding patterns. You know, planes and holding patterns eventually need to land and get on with it. You know, you don't want to get stuck in a holding pattern. Similarly, we get stuck in our holding patterns, our comfort zones, our habits. Even in meditation, our habitual comfort zone Maybe just peace. We try to get peaceful, and then we get peaceful, and then we want to stay peaceful. That's fine, but there's a lot of clinging and attachment in that. Also, even though it's healthy at a certain point. So, Jigme Lingpa sings for the Dzogchen meditator, break up your meditation again and again. Just as a waterfall gets better by falling and breaking up from rock to rock, there's more sound, there's more bubbles, there's more hiss and, and, and foam, and, you know, the bigger the waterfall, the noisier and the better from this point of view. As a waterfall gets better from falling from rock to rock, the Dzogchenpa's meditation improves from being broken up again and again. So we don't get stuck in clinging or attachment to our habits or to just calm and clear or to bliss and light, or to no thought, or other advanced meditators' obstacles, like I just mentioned, clarity, bliss, and no thought. <laughs> Temporary states of mind, unreliable in the end. So as we think about this, this Yung Tung Drangmang teaching is a great pith instruction of the Dzogchen tradition. My own teachers, Tukwar Gimche and Kitsumche especially, used to mention it a lot especially in these days where people emphasize duration, how long they meditate. It seems like quantity, but is there quality there? Brightness, precision, clarity, vividness of aware, present awareness, rather than quantity, time, measured by time, or how many mantras you say, or bows you do, or whatever. So I think this is a, an unusual and important point with Dzogchen swooping down from a view, view from above Vu, 
view that everything is grist for the mill of awareness. So the bigger the waterfall, the more it's broken up, the bigger the noise, the bigger the mess, the better from the point of view of mature awareness, seeing through everything, not getting tumbled about by it. Of course, swooping one climbing. So still balancing this as needed and wanted, as appropriate in different parts of our life, day and night, alone and with others, in spiritual or in ordinary activities, if you want to make that distinction. Balancing it in our life with relative practices. Ethical self-discipline, character and virtuous acts and generosity and all. Concentration, not being scattered, mindfulness, paying attention, loving kindness and compassionate actions in life, service and so on, of course. And mental disciplines like concentration, purification and other meditations or practices one might very well do. So now I want to talk about, we've talked mostly about the view in meditation. Tomorrow we're going to go more into action as we head towards integrating with daily life Sunday. Although this is part of daily life too, as you know, we're still eating and breathing and shitting and sleeping and walking around and thinking and feeling. Having lived in monasteries and cloisters for years, I came to understand that Although when you're outside, it seems like it must be very different inside. When you're inside, you realize the wall is only five or ten feet high and the sky is very, very big that we're all living in and under. It's a very small wall dividing us from outside. And people there, guess what, doing the same things mostly. Whatever I just said, eating and sleeping and shitting and thinking and feeling and doing what they think they should do. And getting sick and having dreams and, you know, certain relationships and other things, just like on the other side of the wall. So this division into sacred and mundane is very uh, relative. Or, uh, what's the word? Permeable. Now I want to talk about 20 or so deviations from the view in Dzogchen non-meditation. You won't find this in books, so... Look it up on the note board that goes into the reading room. The notes that go in the reading room. First, you know, I can't remember them all. Sometimes it's 22, sometimes 20. What comes first, Christopher? Not hurrying? Not waiting or hoping for something to happen in Dzogchen meditation. Of course, if there's a, you're waiting for an elevator, what should you do except just wait? But now we're talking about in Dzogchen meditation, not waiting or hoping something will happen, not expecting, which just brings disappointment. Expectations bring disappointment. No appointments, no disappointments. And second, not comparing. Not comparing your meditation now to the one yesterday or this morning. We're not comparing yourself to others. You know, one can fall into this. You're sitting there doing sort of fine. I mean, nobody's bothering you or criticizing you anyway. And then, you know, you kind of sneak a look around. You have that, the comparing mind arises. And you got Buddhas on the right of you and Buddhas on the left of you and Buddhas in front of you. And you feel like shit by comparison. Like, uh, I'm just thinking and, you know, looking around. 
You have no idea what's going on inside those Buddhas. So don't give rise to a comparing mind. Or don't be deceived by the arising of comparing mind, comparative thoughts when they arise. See through them as just thinking and let them go. And not competing and not hurrying. In this practice, there's no, it's goalless, aimless, object-free. There's nowhere to go and nowhere to get. Of course, it's embedded in Buddhism and the relative path of enlightenment. But the absolute truth is nowhere to go and nothing to get and no one to get there. However, as long as we think we're someone, it's good to strive for something. So enlightenment is the goal of all Buddhist teachings and paths and practices, of course. But in the moment, having no goal, just being, being here now, Nowness awareness is more than enough. It's enough and more than enough. That's why Manjusri sings, and I've said this, quoted this before, one moment of total awareness is one moment of freedom and enlightenment. Dujum Rinpoche sang, nowness awareness is the unfabricated, authentic Buddha within. Not if the many lives have slept into enlightenment. And not collecting experiences and memories and trying to remember what happened so you can tell others. You'll remember and you'll tell who you want to need to tell as, as, as needed, maybe even too much or whatever. Don't worry about it. You don't have to bottle the Ganges and take it home. There's plenty of water. There's plenty of holy water everywhere. Not judging, not judging too much what's going on now, like why is so-and-so coughing or sneezing or moving? <laughs> or anything else, or, or judging your own meditation against others or past, you know. Not judging things that arise necessarily as good or bad. Oh, why is my knee always hurting and this, you know. The meditation manual is called for bear attention, choiceless awareness equanimity, spiritual detachment. This is how we cultivate equanimity and objective detachment, not being deceived by the momentary pleasures and pains and judging and evaluating them with attachment, with conceptual, with concepts such as good and bad. Of course, in life, we might very well want to judge and evaluate things as to the right and wrong or the best root or the worst root or how to do our job or deal with a thorny problem out or inner of course but in this meditation nothing to judge everything is part of it the big view the big picture the sky view you like the sky has room for everything all kinds of weather quote positive and negative rainy and sunny who knows if rainy day is a bad day it's not a bad day from the point of view of the insects, perhaps, and the crops and the farmers. Who knows? You know, we have a real water problem today in the world, potable water problem. We have drought in so many parts of the world, certainly in this country now. It's a problem. Maybe rainy day is a good day and sunny day is a bad day in some places. Think about it. Don't be so quick to judge. As the great pioneer and wise guy, Trungpa Rinpoche, said, why judge unless you're getting paid for it? If it's your job, judge. If it's not your job, it's none of your business. And of course, judging ourselves is really one of the biggest problems, giving in to the harsh inner voice, inner critic, inner tyrant. Why judge? Mind your own business. 
Leave your mind alone. It's none of your business, Dzogchen meditator. Leave your mind alone. This isn't the time for purifying or transforming it. This is the time for objective clarity, recognition, and realizing it as it is. And not reacting kind of comes in the same category. Not reacting as liking and disliking and wanting and unwanting based on those judgments and attachments and fixations. What you like and don't like, pleasure and pain, loss and gain, fame and shame, praise and criticism, good taste, pretty sounds and sights and so on. Just seeing it all as it is and letting it all go by. In this practice, in life, being more interactive and proactive, not reactive, interactive, dealing skillfully with karma and kalashas, with conditioning and difficult emotions, emotionality, and not controlling and dominating, just allowing things to come and go, not interfering, not manipulating. Thus, Neosho Kempo Rinpoche always gave his three great pith instructions, ma, ch, ma, zu, ma, yang, ma, ch, not doing, not altering, ma, zu, not making or fabricating, not building up visions or visualizations or projects or making to-do lists or imaginations, what you're going to say to who when you leave, Mazu, not making and fabricating. Ma chu, not doing, not altering. And ma yang, undistracted. And the fourth one, kind of uh, very important, ma gum, not meditating. <laughs> Who's counting? Not even meditating. That's just one more ego strategy. Oh, if I meditate, I'll feel better. I'll be better. I'll be better than him or her. I'll get enlightened. You know, there's a lot of hope and fear in that expectation and disappointment built into that. Not even meditating, meaning aware. Not just meditating when you're sitting or have your eyes closed or concentrating. Presencing, awareful, always as the real practice. Keep your heart, keep your eye on the ball, the heart of the matter. Remember, this relates to our Dzogchen meditation of seeing through, being through, of Tregchud. In other meditations, you might very well try to meditate or concentrate or radiate lights or loving kindness and compassion or purify with Vajrasattva's mantra and flushing and passing through and transparentizing and transforming and transmuting or Lojong attitude transformation. You might, but not in this Dzogchen style sitting, this absolute being oriented practice. So there's a whole list of 22 things that we could go through. Why don't you just put them up on the board so I'm not going to go through them all.
letting go too soon toward the end of that list is worth mentioning. You don't see this too often. I mean, everybody says this, but they don't pair it up with letting go too late, like carrying the raft after you've reached the other shore. You know, there's a time for letting go of your explicit spiritual activity and just doing what needs to be done. Like maybe taking care of the sick child that's woken up or whatever. Or in your life, not holding on to explicit spiritual activities at the detrimental expense of other things that might need to be done. Number 12 and 13, very interesting. Number 12, very interesting. Inauthenticity and pretense. Not putting on a spiritual act or a new age smile all the time. You know, trying to pretend that we're happy all the time or that we're anything. In fact, authenticity, so hard to define, so hard to teach, yet can be transmitted like Dzogchen. You can't really teach Dzogchen, but it can be transmitted it can't be taught, but it can be caught when you catch on. So authenticity is the essence of it all. The natural state, the naturalness, the non-fabricating and not building projects and not constructing and not transforming and not transmuting. You're with me in this kind of practice. Authenticity, as you are. As the great Dujan Rinpoche sang in his long poem, called Heart Nectar of the Sages. Don't be like a piece of dog shit dressed up in brocade. Don't try to be like a bird perched in the highest branches as if that's getting you higher or closer to heaven. Don't stand on tiptoes, as Changsu used to say. You can only stand on tiptoes for so long. You know, you can only put your best foot forward for a little while. After that, you have to walk with the other foot, too. You with me? Best foot forward, as opposed to, like, walking or just standing. So authenticity is a huge issue for many of us, if not all of us. And spiritually speaking, demystified, this is really the essence of so much, if not all, of the humanistic and spiritual traditions. Not just being yourself, since we don't know very well who we are most of the time, but being our true self. We're all Buddhas by nature. We only have to realize who and what we are. That self, your highest, best self, your true selfless self. We call it Buddha nature in Buddhism, but that's just a word. Our true nature, our authenticity, our God-given uncorruptible inner spirit, let's say, or beingness, you know, growing up and being who you are, not who you're not, not who your parents wanted you to be only. Finding your own voice, your own way, and so on, not always having to reinvent the wheel, but yes, finding your own way and your own voice and your own life, not your parents or your neighbors or your societies. So authenticity is a huge one. And here, since we're talking about just being, it comes up so prominently. You know, like in the Pith Instructions we just heard from Yosho Ken Rinpoche. Not altering, not manipulating, not fabricating, not building, not constructing. 
There's a lot of not there. It sounds like we're very naughty or naughty. And we are. The ego is, is the culprit. That's why the Mahayana teachings, great Atisha said, drive all the blame into one. No, not Juan, as somebody once heard. Who's Juan? We need a scapegoat. Where's Juan? 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 <laughs> drive all the blames into one single culprit. Egotism, selfishness, self-clinging. It's one of the greatest of the Lojung or attitude transformation mind training slogans, the 59 Lojung slogans worth looking into. Noticing the shortcomings of self-clinging and egotism and all this wanting and unwanting, greed and anger based on the, the ignorance of self separate self, of selfhood, of selfishness, of self-need, of self-existence. And um, I think 10 and 11 are also worth mentioning. Of course, number 10, not giving into discouragement in practice, not expecting to see a lot of um, special effects or special experiences, or huge enlightenment experiences, or bolts of lightning going, descending on you, or visions of beautiful things, or Buddhas, whatever. Just seeing it as it is, being as is, that's the first step on the Eightfold Path. Right view, a wise view, clear view, seeing it as it is, not as it ain't. So it's built into this practice as it is, not prettying it up, not needing to purify or change or alter it in this sitting practice, this Dzogchen, Trekchud, or seeing through and being through practice. So not getting discouraged, cultivating joyous enthusiasm, diligence, perseverance, Virya Paramita, the fourth panacean virtue of the Bodhisattvas, joyous, enthusiastic effort, Diligence, perseverance, not giving into discouragement, and not giving into down and not giving into up, elation or excitement. In our practice, you might get discouraged, you might get down, but you also might get very up, very light, very buoyant, very blissed out, very happy, very peaceful. That's fine. Enjoy the floats as they go by, but don't overinvest in the fool's gold of transitory states of mind. It's just like today's weather. Don't overinvest in the fool's gold of these transitory, unreliable, temporary, ownerless states of mind that are just like momentary weather. So not giving in to elation or depression, they say. I'll say here discouragement or downness. So these are 10 deviations from the view. Of course, in life, you might very well have some hopes We'll be waiting for something to happen. We'll compare this thing to that thing. We'll hurry to catch a bus or whatever. But in this Dzogchen sky gazing, these would be considered deviations from the view and the non-meditation of getting used to it as it is, leaving it as it is. The view as it is, the view of things as they are, seeing it as it is, the meditation of non-meditation, leaving it as it is, getting used to that. 
stabilizing that practice of inner freedom, letting things come and go as they go without being caught, remembering to remember not to get caught by the bait of the sense perceptions, outer and inner phenomena and noumena, remembering to remember remindfulness, remembering to remember not to get caught and entangled by things. not to swallow the bait, hook, line, and sinker and being pulled to our spiritual death, as it were. The view and meditation and the action of proactive Buddha activity. We'll talk more about tomorrow under the rubric of integrating with daily life. And this leads me to the last thing that I want to uh, talk about and present with the view and meditation. You've heard me talk about natural meditation and mention co-meditation. I want you to practice and consider taking this out the door and outside. Tomorrow we'll talk about into your life, but I'm talking about like outside here. And try to do some natural meditation, you know, with the river, with the sky, with the trees, with the sound of the wind. Pick something that you like or that'll help you do it. Co-meditation means with others, like with others. This group helps us do it with others. Co-meditate with the Dalai Lama in person or in your mind or with a picture. It'll help you do it. If you're a theist, co-meditate with God. God is always there, even if you're not. Co-meditate with your higher power. And try to take it into nature, the natural elements. Not just sky-gazing with space as a metaphor, but actually use the sky. Maybe lie on your back. Who doesn't remember being a child and lying on our back? That's like natural meditation. Of course, in the beginning, childlike and child mind, you know, thinking all kinds of things and then kind of seeing faces in the clouds or whatever, or wondering, you know, if you're going to sink into the earth and come out in China or somewhere, whatever your mother told you is down there, or worse. But after a while, you know, if you don't fall asleep, of course, ch children don't always fall asleep when they do this and start snoring. People, you know, adults more likely, perhaps. But as a child, we all knew how to sky game, just lying there and, you know, after a while, even not faces, just kind of lost in the sphere of being. We don't know what's us and what's the grass ground under us and what's the clouds and just kind of dissolving into the grass or just being, sky gazing. We could do that. I hope you'll find a way to do that, or with a beach chair, or by the pool, or by the ocean, or wherever you are this summer, or on your ratty tenement building roof if you live in a nice slum. You know, the sky, slum is small, sky is big, the stars are infinite. Don't miss out. Don't lose track of the forest for the trees. Little slum. So natural meditation with nature as we say in the Semday section of Dzogchen teachings, the mind section, mind, because meditation teachings about the nature of mind, the five elements or five nails, as in rivets, the five nails teaching of meditating with, co-meditating with earth, like contemplating a mountain, looking at Mount Fuji or some mountain or, or earth or Grand Canyon. You know, it's an awesome experience. It takes you beyond yourself. You feel the immensity, and you're smaller, it's, it's a good perspective. 
co-meditation. The earth or water, like I love water. Wherever there's water, I kind of meditate. But I don't even have to try. It meditates me. The sound of the waves, watching the waves, the river, a lake, etc., stream, waterfall. Earth, water, fire, just gazing in a bonfire or candle flame. Bonfire is good, or, or hearth, fire, earth, water, fire, air, space, just gazing into space. Earth, water, fire, air. Anyway, the five elements practice. Maybe there's only four today. Getting tired. You get the point. Natural meditation where it does it for you, like the ocean, just washing everything away. Why sit on the beach and close your eyes and try to concentrate on your breath and keep struggling when the mind goes here and there, when you can just sit or walk or stand and watch the ocean, listen to the ocean, and let it wash everything away. And after a while, you can't remember any of your office worries. How awesome is that? Natural meditation. So I recommend that to you. Co-meditate. Take support of those things. Perhaps it's music that transports you beyond yourself. Or dancing till you drop. Or lovemaking till you don't know who is what. Or you know, do it as if no one's watching, as they say. So non, not performing. Actually playing. Living. You know, practicing for the concert is also playing. You're not just waiting. There's also playing in that. So we're not practicing, really. That's an important understanding of swooping down from above. And there's nothing to wait for.